63 points. 63 points. Good Lord, that's a lot of points. That's what the Raiders scored on Thursday Night Football versus the Chargers. We'll talk about that plus a whole lot more on Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, December 15th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Your win is a Raider. Just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you. We appreciate you in a major way. Without you, there is no show or no reason for no show. And of course, without my guy Ari, there is no show on YouTube. My man Ari does a fantastic job each and every day. We definitely appreciate him. Check him out on Twitter at Ari Producers. You can hit me up as well at your boy Q254. And we got the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. We'll get back to your calls and texts on Monday's show. We got a lot of feedback to get to based off of Thursday night football. And when the Raiders put up 63 points, please believe there's going to be a lot of feedback. A franchise record 63 points they put up on Thursday night football as they defeated the Chargers 63-21. to We'll talk all about it on today's show. In segment number three, though, I want to let you hear from a few of the standouts from the game, and there were so many of them. I can't get to all of them in segment number three. Hell, I can't get to all of them in the show in general, right? It's going to take multiple shows or a double-disc show, and I already got home super late, (laughs) right? Got home super late from Allegiant Stadium. That's why the show's getting up later than normal, so I do apologize for that. But coming up in segment number three, take you inside the Raiders locker room, let you hear from some of the standouts that really did their thing Thursday night in helping the Raiders get to that 63 points and an overall record of 6-8 and now. And now they're sitting in third place in the AFC West with the Chargers in the cellar. So that'll come up in segment number three. Segment number two, we'll talk about the tale of two different teams. The Chargers and the Raiders. And again, we'll talk about some of the things that stood out to me in the game. Some of the glaring things that stood out to me in uh, in the game on Thursday night football. As the Raiders really handled their business at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, thought they did a hell of a job, but we'll talk about that in segment number two. Here in segment number one, I'd like to always hit you with the news and notes of the day. How we arrived at what we arrived at. And the Raiders arrived at 63 points. I cannot talk about that enough. Every time they scored, I thought... Another one. I felt like DJ Khaled. Another one. Another one. Another one. A night went by without the Raiders hitting a field goal. Nothing but touchdowns. 63 points. Let that soak in. So let's go ahead and jump right into it again. 63-21. The win over the Chargers. They improved to 6-8 and eight in, the, in third place in the AFC West and 12th right now in the AFC in general in the conference. The the playoffs are not out of the question. I know it's a very long shot for them to make the playoffs, but it is not out of the question yet. They're still mathematically uh, alive. And the thing about it, they're 12th right now. Teams 6 through 11 in the AFC all have the same record at 7 and 6. So they're going into the weekend. Obviously, there's a triple header on Saturday, uh, games on Sunday. So a lot of things could happen over the course of the weekend. I'm not saying they're going to happen. Hell, we might come back on Monday, and they're still sitting in 12th in the AFC conference. But maybe they're not. Who knows? I mean, that's why they play the games. That's why they try to win all the games, because you just don't know. They could go on a run and win win out, and, and who knows? Maybe they're sitting there uh, in a playoff position when it's all said and done. But all they can do is control what they can control, which is how they operate, and they did that 
on uh, Thursday night football, 63 to 21, improving overall to six and eight. Now third place in the AFC and 12th in the AFC conference. So how do we get there? I'll tell you what, I was impressed on a short week after not scoring any points and hearing all kind of different questions about who the coach is going to be, who the quarterback's going to be, you know, speculation. And I was thinking that Jimmy G might get an opportunity to get into the action. And, you know, there was a report even right before halftime. Adam Schefter said that uh, Aiden O'Connell's going to get the start, but the leash will be short. So if he struggles, then Jimmy G will get the nod. I mean, that was a report that came out, and that's kind of how I felt uh, leading up to the game after all the different conversations that we heard. There was no need for Jimmy G, right? There was absolutely no need. Aiden O'Connell handled his business 20 for 34, 248 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and one sack. And if you remember, the Chargers were the team that he got his very first start of his career with, and that was October 1st, 2023. That was week four where he got sacked seven times. He only got sacked one time on Thursday night football and throw for 248 and no interceptions, no turnovers by Aiden O'Connell. Thought that was a really uh, big step in the right direction. And maybe hearing that there was a quarterback right behind him or maybe hearing that, you know, there was a chance that they were going to go to the bullpen and bring in Jimmy G, maybe that put a little bit more fire under him or maybe they just had a hell of a game plan going in. Again, a short week. I was very impressed by the way that they came out with the energy and the excitement after four days, it was four days later after being shut out at home by the Minnesota Vikings and really kind of being the laughing stock of the NFL. Then they turn around and laugh back. Yeah, you're laughing at us on Sunday. On Thursday, we're laughing hysterically at you as we put up 63 points. That's all I can imagine the Raiders were saying. Zamir White, he got the first career start uh, for him because Josh Jacobs wasn't able to go dealing with that quad injury, found out uh, that he wasn't going to go early on Thursday as well before kickoff. Okay, Josh Jacobs isn't going. Zamir White's going to get the start. What is he going to do? Well, he carried the rock 17 times, had 69 yards and a touchdown, and he looked comfortable doing it. Right. It wasn't anything too flashy, but you saw glimpses of, okay, maybe he's got a little something, something. So uh, I liked what I saw from Zamir White. I loved the fact that after I talked to him in the locker room uh, after the game that he was talking about even going up to to kick off, Josh Jacobs was in his corner. You got this, bro. You got this. You've been preparing for this. Don't worry about it. You got it. Love the fact that Josh Jacobs has been coaching him up ever since Zamir White was drafted in the fourth round out of Georgia. And so you'll hear that conversation. I'll just go ahead and peel back the curtain. You'll hear my conversation with Zamir White, little one-on-one action in the Raiders locker room. You'll hear that coming up in segment number three. Brandon Bolden, right? Mr. Special Teams himself. He even had a touchdown run out of a Wildcat formation, 26 yards. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. That wasn't on my bingo card, but everything was working. I mean, whatever you wanted to put on your bingo card on Thursday was working and helped the Raiders uh, get into the end zone. It was really incredible. Jacoby Myers, he threw the ball twice, one to De- or both to Devontae Adams. One went for a touchdown. The other one was like a nine-yard completion. Uh, he also had two catches for 32 yards and a touchdown. So he threw a touchdown pass and caught a touchdown pass. Again, it's like Oprah was handing out touchdowns. You get a touchdown. 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 That's all it was. It was, it was. it was insane. I mean, I just I could not believe how it, it was shaking out, the way that just – it just seemed like once it started rolling, it, it kind of goes back to that game. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, but uh, you remember that game against Denver when Darren McFadden went off in Denver, and all of a sudden they just started rolling, and he was having a hell of a day, and all of a sudden the Raiders put up 59 points. That was their uh, their franchise high until Thursday night. That That's all it reminded me of was that day against Denver where they just kept scoring and kept going crazy, and it was like, wow, this is really happening. That's how I felt. Uh, in the press box on Thursday, watching the Raiders run all over the L.A. Chargers. 
Devontae Adams had his first 100-yard game in a while. Eight catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. And that touchdown pass came from, again, Jacoby Myers. So uh, that was a little bit of the receiving and passing and rushing. How about the defense? Yeah, the defense scored as well. Jack Jones picked up off of waivers by the Patriots not too long ago. Uh, obviously, Coach Antonio Pierce knows him from Long Beach Poly, Arizona State. Uh, he was, like I said, with the Patriots organization. They waived him. The Raiders picked him up, and uh, he's getting an opportunity to play. Marcus Peters gets released because, well, lack of effort. Jack Jones goes in and gets a lot of burn last, uh, last Sunday against the Vikings. Almost came up with an interception. He comes up with a hell of an interception, read the screenplay perfectly, uh, jumped the gap and, and looked like he overran the play, but reached back and caught it and took it to the house. That was a, a nice little pick six. And then the big man, John Jenkins, from the interior of the defensive line, gets a scoop and score off of a Malcolm Kuntz strip sack. Uh, scoop and score for John Jenkins. He goes 44 yards to the house. I mean, again, any way, anyhow to score a touchdown, the Raiders did it. Two multiple, I mean, multiple touchdowns defensively? Are you kidding me? That's the first time since week eight of 2006 Versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Raiders scored two defensive touchdowns in a single game. Think about that. I mean, I'll, I'll say it a little slower so you hear it again. The first time since week eight of 2006 versus Steelers that the Raiders have scored two defensive touchdowns in a single game. That was Jack Jones and John Jenkins. Uh, they made that happen. That's a lot of J's, right? Jack Jones, John Jenkins. <laughs> JJJJ. There you go. I just realized that as I was reading that. I was like, wait, hold on. That's a whole lot of J's. And if you threw Josh Jacobs in there, which you wouldn't because he didn't play, there was another JJ right there. But yeah, Jack Jones and John Jenkins, uh, they take him to the house for the Raiders getting some defense. And I'll tell you, the defense set the tone. They caused three fumbles early. Ultimately, they had five takeaways. And get this, five touchdowns off five takeaways, 35 points off turnovers. How many times do they get a turnover? And I say, yeah, but they didn't do anything with it, right? They caused the, uh, they got an interception, gave it right back, uh, caused the fumble, gave it right back. They got five takeaways and five touchdowns off of that. Very stinking impressive. And not to mention, got to the quarterback multiple times. Had what, four sacks? Four sacks on the day. I mean, they were just getting after uh, the quarterback. Malcolm Kuntz had multiple sacks, multiple strip sacks. I mean, just uh, a hell of a day for Kuntz. Uh, it was it was all around. Again, the defense was just very impressive. And look, I know that they were going up against Easton Stick. I know they weren't going up against Justin Herbert, but you play who you play. And this has been the year of the backup across the NFL. So whoever's out there is out there. Look, the Raiders are on their backup quarterback as well. Aiden O'Connell didn't start the season. It was Jimmy G. And then it went to Aiden O'Connell. Then it went to Brian Hoyer. <laughs> then it went back to Jimmy G. Then it went back to Aiden O'Connell, right? I mean, they've gone through and rotated so many different guys. Like, I don't feel bad for whoever was out there. So that was pretty impressive. The young guys, how about that? The young guys were showing out. You know, that's something that we've been talking about. Want to see what the Raiders have in certain guys. Trey Tucker, two touchdowns on the day, right? And I'll say this, and I've said it about Trey Tucker. He's got to do a better job of securing the ball. Every time he catches it, it feels like he bobbles it and makes a question if it's really a catch or not. He's had multiple catches that were waved off because he bobbled them and didn't get his feet down. His first touchdown pass or completion didn't really look like it was a touchdown to me I mean, because he bobbled it and didn't look like he didn't get his foot down. But when they went to review, they said the play stands, which doesn't mean that they can confirm it. They could just say, hey, there wasn't enough to overturn it. That's fine. I'll take it. He ends up getting another touchdown a little bit later on, and that was uh, that was a no-doubter, a no-brainer. But Aiden O'Connell hit him multiple times. He got two touchdowns on the day. Michael Mayer, the rookie tight end, he got a touchdown. Zamir White, after getting his first career start, he got a touchdown. It's like, again, 
Tucker gets two. Mayer gets one. Zamir gets one. Jack Jones, again, picked up off waivers. He gets one. O'Connell threw four. Malcolm Coons, two sacks and two forced fumbles. Right? Massive. First time the Raiders scored 60 points in franchise history, and they scored 63 total. Unbelievable. Just one hell of a performance. I mean, when you want to talk about checking the boxes, the Raiders did that on, on Thursday night. They checked every single box. So what else stood out to me about the game on Thursday night as the Raiders get the 63-21 victory? Well, we'll talk about it coming up in segment number two, the tale of two teams. We'll get into that after I tell you about one of our great sponsors here on the Locked On Raiders podcast, and that is LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They've got the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is quick and easy. They even launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and even quicker. Right now, post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Really want to talk about the tale of two teams. What do I mean by that? Well, as I'm in the press box watching this game unfold and seeing how the Raiders are scoring early and often, 21 points in the first quarter. Look, they hadn't scored 20 points offensively in a game more than one time all season long. They did that one time. They went over 20 points offensively. That was against the New York Giants. That was the first game uh, after Antonio Pierce took over as the interim head coach. That was the only time they went over 20. They had 21 points in the first quarter. And at that point, I mean, they, it, it felt like at that point when it was 21 nothing. it felt like uh, in Madden. When you're up 21 nothing, you, you, get, you have to pass the sticks. That's what it felt like. Like, all right, get off the sticks. You're down 21 nothing. It's a wrap. You could tell a team that wants to play for their coach. And I know a lot of people told me, even as I was doing my pregame show from Allegiant Stadium, they were telling me, oh, this game is meaningless. It's stupid. Why are you, uh, you know, why are you hyped up about this game? And this was on Twitter. This wasn't people in person. People said, this game is stupid. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, the Raiders want to lose all the way out. And I said, man, there's jobs on the line. I said that earlier in this week, right? I've had the show. Uh, there's jobs on the line. These guys are going to go out there and play, and they're going to ball out uh, and, and do everything they can to win games, try to get to the playoffs, and also try to secure a job for Antonio Pierce. They, could, they, can, they can be that team. You can see that they want to be that team that goes out there and fights for their coach. They believe in their coach. They look at him as you know a, a colleague, a, a peer. Uh, yes, he is the coach. Yes, he is the guy who's in charge, but they also have so much respect for him that they're going to leave it on the line. Like The one thing I've always said about Antonio Pierce is that his team will always be motivated to go out there and play he'll he'll always have the team you know fired up to go out there and do what they do it'll never be a question of if you're going to get effort if you're going to get energy from the team you're always going to get that and that was on full display on Thursday and then you look across the field at the Chargers and it just looked like everybody's shoulders were dropped looked like their hands were on their hips it just looked like they weren't really putting I don't want to say putting effort like I don't want to say they quit They, they didn't quit on each other but they quit on him and who's him? Brandon Staley. 
and want nothing to do with him. By the time you're listening to this, Brandon Staley might be fired. Like, I, I don't think he's going to get fired until after the, after the season's over just because of the Spanos family. That's just kind of how they are, that they're, you know, they're kind of cheap like that. And plus, who's going to be the head coach for the rest of the, the season? I don't think it's going to happen until after the, the, the season's over. And I don't root for people to get fired, but there's no doubt about it that that team is not playing for that guy anymore. Right. You know, when you want to say lost the locker room, it's time to fire a guy. When you could tell that they lost the locker room, you could tell that they lost the locker room when it comes to the charges. They wanted nothing to do with being out there and competing for that guy. And, you know, some will say, oh, well, that's smart, Q, because they'll get a better draft spot. Okay, that's fine. If that's the world you want to live in, that's fine. But these guys are competitors. Ain't everybody on that locker in that locker room guaranteed to be in that locker room next year. The staff sure don't care about no uh, no draft pick because they know that they're not going to be around next year. So there's there's a lot on the line. There's there's you're, you're plus you're out there and you're you know you're you're uh, showing out. You're you're playing and, and putting your best your best work on film for all the rest of the teams as well across the league. And that goes for the coaches like Kellen Moore, right? I mean, he was a hot shot coordinator when the Chargers hired him. Coming out of Dallas is like, oh man, you know Kellen Moore, and I even thought that he's going to be a head coach sooner rather than later. And then you look at the season that the Chargers have had, and you're like, yeah, probably not. Not this year. It looks like he's going to have to be a coordinator again just because the Chargers have had such a bad season that all of a sudden it's a bad reflection on him. And the other thing that I really noticed, and, and it's funny, I didn't, I wasn't the one that pointed it out. I mean, I'm sitting in the press box, so I'm not watching the TV broadcast, but uh, Black Hole Jr. out of the Bay uh, hit me up on Twitter, sent a message, hey, sorry to bother you, brother, but wasn't Bo Hardegree the, on the field calling plays? Uh, TV showed him in the booth tonight. Something to pay attention to if he was on the field uh, games before. And that was from uh, Black Hole Jr. And I was like, yeah, he's always been on the field. He's always been the coach on the field. Well, he was up in the booth. And so it takes me back to, you know, Sunday after the game when Antonio Pierce said, okay, we're going to we're gonna evaluate all the coaches. We're going to evaluate all the players. There could be some changes. Well, there wasn't any change with the play caller, but they moved the, the, play, the play caller and uh, Bo Hardegree up to the booth. And I found that to be interesting, especially since they moved Patrick Graham up to the booth before the, the season. And now you see where the defense is playing. And the defense is playing lights out. Man, they are incredible. I love this defense. I hope this defense keeps growing the way it does. I mean, I think everyone is really starting to come together on that defense. They're really starting to understand what they're supposed to be doing. And certain guys, you're not even calling their name because, well, they don't have to be that dude anymore because it just seems like so many guys are stepping up and playing at a very high level. But, you know, getting back to Bo Hardigree being in the booth, I think that was a good decision by Coach Pierce. Like we point out, and I've pointed out his flaws. I've pointed out when he made bad decisions. I Like I thought on Sunday, he should have put Jimmy G in at some point just to try to give the team a spark. I still stick by that. There's certain times I thought he should have gone for it. There's certain times I thought he shouldn't have gone for it, right? There's decisions that he's going to make that we're not always going to agree with. But, man, that decision that Coach Pierce decided to make and put Bo Hardigree up in the booth, I think was a really good decision. And now, obviously, we'll see what happens on Christmas morning when they play the Chiefs, if it could look like that. But all of a sudden, you're looking at a Raiders team who's hungry, who's fighting for that guy, and that's all you want. What else do you want in a head coach? Like, I'm not saying just just crown him the head coach because of this performance against the Chargers. Like, that would be, uh, you know, getting caught up in the moment, being a prisoner of the moment. And I don't think Mark Davis is going to do that, and I don't think he should do that. But as much as Sunday's performance against the Vikings was uh, a bad look on the resume, this was a really good look on the resume. So, you know, I'm not saying that that means that everything is excused, and, and that's okay because really it's not. That was a Big blown opportunity for the Raiders on Sunday. I mean, think about what they would be if they had picked up that victory like they should have over the Vikings, right? Instead of sitting there at six and eight, they're sitting there at seven and seven. And then they're real players. 
then they're really play, I mean, then they're really playing in the playoffs, right? I mean, so then all bets are off. But again, they let that one get away. They made things way more difficult on themselves, and now they've got to climb themselves out. And now, you know, they're off until they have a matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs, and that'll come up on Christmas morning. So in Arrowhead, so that'll you know that'll be uh, interesting to see how they're able to you know battle back. Hopefully, some guys get healthy and get prepared for that game, and. You know, maybe some of these young guys that stepped up in the game on Thursday can step up in this one as well. But just looking at, you know, this this team and looking at the way that they go out there and perform. And again, even Aiden O'Connell, I want to give him a lot of props. You know, I came into the show on Monday and said, hey, what's proven on Sunday was that Aiden O'Connell's not the guy. And and I fully believe that, you know, the Raiders should definitely make a deep dive in, into the draft and and go get a real dynamic quarterback. But man, I'll tell you what. You want to talk about a guy fighting for his job, and when people tell me that these jobs don't matter, you think Aiden O'Connell thinks that? He went and balled out, man, 20 for 34, 248 yards, four TDs, no picks, only had one sack on the day. Yeah, I think, I think everyone knows how much these jobs mean and how much these, these games do mean regardless of what the fan base wants them to do, and that's you know lose and, 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 and gain a, a draft spot. As we've all seen, it don't matter where the Raiders draft. It don't guarantee that they're going to get that stud player, right? The jury's still out on Tyree Wilson, who was drafted number seven overall. And he is looking better, right? The last couple games, I thought he's done a really good job. Seems like he's getting better as the season goes along, as he's getting his feet under him. He's getting better. Malcolm Koontz, I really, man, I really am excited by Malcolm Koontz because he, his rookie year, played pretty well. And then it just seems like he kind of either was in the doghouse, just wasn't able to pick things up. Now all of a sudden he's coming along, and you're thinking, all right, this, dude, this dude's got something, and he's fast, man. You want to talk about a dude that's fast off the edge? You can have Crosby on one side and Koontz on the other and Tyree in the middle where he's been actually playing really well lately. You might have something, right? All of a sudden, you might turn around and say, man, that Tyree Wilson guy is a really good player, especially as a good compliment to these guys on the outside. So uh, I, I like what I'm seeing. I really do. But uh, clearly, man, I mean, there are so many storylines. This is another conversation we were having in the press box, and I'm kind of all over the place with it because there's so much going on. I was telling them I could do a show, like one show on each element, right? I could do one show on Aiden O'Connell. I could do one show on the Raiders' defense. I could do one show on, uh, you know, the offensive line, how much better they played on Thursday as opposed to the first time they played the Chargers. I could do one show on Antonio Pierce and how he's leading this team, right? I mean, Bo Hardegree, how all of a sudden he went from being, you know, the frog to the prince, Right, he was the frog on Sunday when he couldn't get him into the red zone. Then all of a sudden, now you're seeing uh, you're seeing the Jacoby Myers throwing throwing passes. You're seeing Brandon Bolden scoring out of a wildcat formation. You're seeing all kind of stuff like special teams. I talk about the special teams, John. Let's talk about DJ Turner. Right, he took the ball away. He literally took the ball away from the Charger return man and got the the Raiders the ball. You know, in the red zone already, straight up in the red zone. Like, that was a special teams play. A.J. Cole still dominating special teams. Like, I can do a show, and I can separate each and every area that we're talking about. I can just talk about the rookies. I can do one show just on rookies and what they were able to do. That's what happens when you score 63 points, especially against a division rival like the, the Chargers. And, oh, by the way, you do it in primetime action. So, I mean, I can go on and on and on and on. We all know the powers that be would not like that. So, uh, we have plenty to talk about. Can't wait to uh, keep this party rolling, and we are going to keep this party rolling. Matter of fact, segment number three, we're going to do. Uh, we're going to take you inside the Raiders locker room. Got an opportunity to catch up with a lot of players. It's the reason why I didn't get out of Allegiant Stadium until super late because, well, the locker room stayed open a little bit longer than normal, as you can imagine. But you'll hear from some of the big-time difference.
difference makers in the game coming up in segment number three after I tell you about one of our great sponsors, which is BetterHelp. And this show today is being brought to you by BetterHelp. And I like to have fun. I like to joke around. I like to be really loose. But around this time of year, sometimes it's hard to be that way, especially if maybe you're going through some things. Maybe you're having some relationship issues. Maybe you're having some job issues, some money issues. Maybe the money is tight around the holiday time and you can't figure out how you're going to figure it out, right? How you're going to get what you need to get taken care of. And then, oh, you got to take care of the family or you got to take care of the kids or your loved one or whatever the case may be. Maybe you're trying to make a decision on, uh, you know, on, on a job, a career, or maybe you're just kind of lonely around this time of year. And that's okay. You know, a lot of us get lonely at certain reasons, at certain times of the year for certain different reasons, right? And it's all personal to us. So sometimes, Sometimes you just need someone that you can lean on, talk to, you know, bounce some ideas off of and know that they're not going to judge you, but they're going to listen to you. And a lot of times therapy can help you with that. So if you've ever thought about giving giving therapy a try, then you should do that with BetterHelp. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched up with a licensed therapist, and switch the therapist at any time for no additional charge. All you've got to do is hit up BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. It's segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Going to take you inside the Raiders locker room and let you hear from a couple of the difference makers. And there was plenty of difference makers on uh, on Thursday night football when the Raiders put up 63 points. 63 points versus the Chargers. 63-21. It's funny. Before I take you inside the locker room, as we're standing outside waiting for the, to get into the locker room, Antonio Pierce greeted he was meeting and greeting with every single player that came to the locker room I've never seen that as many times as I've been inside the Raiders locker room and have waited out there in the in the hallway to for the the PR people to come and open up the the uh, the locker room so we can get in and start talking to some of the players I've never seen the head coach standing by the door shaking hands high-fiving with every single player Antonio Pierce did that. It was pretty funny. Uh, I saw him standing there, and I just thought I'd get a good laugh. We've been talking and joking about dominoes ever since uh, Mama Q started messing with me about dominoes, and LeVar Arrington told me he was a big domino uh, player. So I, I said to him, and actually there's a video. If you uh, check me out on Twitter at your boy Q254, you'll see the video. Uh, Lindsey Brown, my coworker at Raider Nation Radio 920, she's on the morning tailgate. She actually took the video. I, I said, Coach, is that did you call Domino on that game? And he's leaning against the wall and he slaps the wall like Domino. You know, you know what you say. It's like boys in the hood. Domino, mother, you know. <laughs> so uh, pretty cool the way that he uh, he did that. And like I said, there's a video floating around right now. If you haven't seen it, it's at your boy Q254 uh, on Twitter. It's there so you can check it out. But with that being said, let's get inside the Raiders locker room. We talked to Amik Robertson. I caught up to him one-on-one. Malcolm Koontz had a chance to catch up with him. Dylan Parham, Jermaine Illuminor, Nate Hobbs, and more. Matter of fact, uh, how about John Jenkins? John Jenkins had the, sco- the scoop and score, the big man, the defensive tackle for the silver and black. Malcolm Kuntz had the, the sack. He had the strip sack. And then all of a sudden, John Jenkins picked it up and took it 44 yards to the house. And he had a convoy of, uh, of, of blockers, including the Condor, uh, Max Crosby. So before we get into John Jenkins in the Raiders locker room, let's go ahead and actually hear the scoop and score 
from John Jenkins. Got my man uh, Jason Horowitz on the call here. Check it out. Now pressure off the edge. Hey, drill from behind. Ball is out. out. Coach with the sack. And big man running. John Jenkins is going to score. Jenkins picked it up. And he had 40 yards of turf with nobody chasing him. It's a lineman's dream. And the Raiders have 55 at the end of the third. It's the big man celebration you got to love. And I've been in that position way too many times. So there was the play. Now let's hear from the man. Let's go inside the Raiders locker room and hear from John Jenkins as he's talking about that scoop and score. For the first time, I just kept on going. I saw my dog Max gave me the green light and I just took off. You know, I didn't tilt my head back and just kept on going. Broadcast said they had you clocked at 17 miles per hour. Is that? Uh, I thought I was a little faster, but you know, uh, what can I say? I'm just next year, hopefully, you know, <laughs> be a little lighter. I'm probably the heaviest guy to run a touchdown in the NFL, so who knows, right? Did you go with six right away? Oh yeah, I, I, I had Max right next to me. Yeah. I, I, I'm looking in the Titron too. You know, I'm okay. year 11. I'm wearing my surroundings, keeping my head on the swivel, so. That's how I knew it was six. When's the last time you scored a touchdown? High school or youth? College. Okay, college. college yeah, yeah. So, you know, so now I can say besides Pee-wee, I scored on every level. So, it's a blessing, man. I can't even lie. You go to Bo Hardegree now and tell him to get you in on some offensive plays. You got some skills? Listen, whatever I can do to help the team, I'm down. You know, there's more you can do, right? When you're 11, there's more you can do. The more you can do. What did it feel like getting this victory, especially after coming off that loss on Sunday? I mean, it felt good, right? You know, um, it's been tough. It's been an up-and-down situation for us. But at the end of the day, you can tell we still lock room. We still enjoy one another. We still have that bond, and we're still building together. So we enjoy it, man. We're just taking day by day, minute by minute, you know, game by game. How would you guys turn things around so quickly on a short week, being able to get it done, come out and play like Stay focused. Stand focused. You never know what's going to happen. We just come out swinging. Is it uh, safe to say you guys playing hard for AP? Man, we, we, yeah, we playing hard for everybody, man. You know, whatever, whoever's in this building, we playing for. That's how we are. We, everybody can see it. No matter win or loss, we we just going out there swinging, swinging every chance we get, every opportunity we have. What does he mean to you, Coach AP? Man, Coach AP, man, he's an OG. You know, he 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 has a lot of accolades. He's successful in his league. You know, and me being in the situation I'm in, 11 year vet. You know, I'm trying to learn more. I can always learn. You know, and then I got to do, do my thing, help out the guys that's coming up behind me. I know you said you felt good on the touchdowns. You had Max right next to you, but it looked like he was kind of looking around like, is there going to be no one for me to block? Man. Is no one coming? Do you, do you think someone was going to make a run? No, 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 no. I didn't think so. I was looking at the screen. And, <laughs> and at that point, I don't think they believed that it was a fumble. So I'm like, I just get to the touchdown, and then we talk about it later. Yeah. I can't say you hit 17 miles an hour. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it, you know. <laughs> but, hey, it's all good, man. Hope the next time I'll be a little faster. You know me, I'm a guy that loves defense, so I got to show the defense love, man. We're always talking about, you know, the quarterback, the running back, the wide receivers, all the guys that can score. But when the defense scores points and they did it multiple times on Thursday, you got to show that love. So we heard from John Jenkins on his scoop and score. And it's nice to see the big man uh, score. I thought that that was pretty awesome. But he wasn't the only guy on the defensive side of things. The new guy, Jack Jones, just uh, got picked up off of waivers from the Patriots uh, not too long ago. He's been with the Raiders now for a handful of uh, games. And he he got into the end zone on Thursday by way of a pick six. So uh, here's the call from uh, Amazon, from the Prime uh, yeah, from Prime Video. That's what it is, right? Amazon Prime. I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, the Amazon Prime broadcast. I couldn't find. It's funny. I work at Raider Nation Radio 920. Couldn't find the radio call, but I definitely got the, the TV call of it. So you hear Al Michaels 
uh, describing the pick six and uh, Jack Jones. Here it is. Check it out. Second down and 13. Oh, baby. Unbelievable. Jack Jones. They do it again. I mean, there are bad dreams and there are crazy bad dreams. And for the Chargers, it's been that kind of a night. I mean, this is unbelievable. It's like he was in the huddle. He's Look at him jumping. He, he reacts quicker than anybody from the offense. It's like he knew that with that motion, this is the play they run to get it to 30. And he said, not on my watch. He just stepped right in front of it, one-hands it, and walks into the end zone. So there it is right there. That was a TV broadcast call of Jack Jones pick six. Now let's go inside the Raiders locker room and actually hear from the man that got the pick six. Jack Jones, here he is describing what happened in that play. First of all, I want to give it off to uh, to Coach PG. You know, he he made a great call, and just from, you know, my personal feelings, I've been feeling like the last two games he's been calling great calls, you know, so I just give kudos to him. But, you know, what I've seen as far as, you know, as a player, you know, you know, four strong, you know, running back out one, motion in to a bunch, you know, got to go steal that because nine times out of ten, that's a screen. Last week you uh, had your hands on the ball and, and let it get away. What did you think this week when you were able to get it and pull that win in? It can't, let it, can't let it get away this time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Last week I was maybe a step away. You know, this week I had to fine-tune all of my techniques and everything I had to do just to make that play. What did it feel like when you're in the end zone you hear the crowd cheering you on? What, what did that feel like? Take us through that. Uh, I mean, that's cool, did but I want to win. It? Did you even feel it? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool, but I want to win. Winning, winning feel yeah. way more better. Well, you were winning out there. You guys were winning. So Hell like, yeah. Were you we, was like kick, we was kicking ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What did it feel like to go out there and kick ass, like you mentioned, especially after coming off that Sunday game? Uh, I mean, I feel like that's big for us. You know, as far as the team, uh, last week, we you know, we put up, what, zero? This week, we put up 63. You know, that's a big turnaround. That's probably the biggest turnaround in the, in the NFL. I mean, I don't want to, you know, don't quote me, but, you know, possibly right, we, right. we up there. So, you know, that's great. As long as we keep heading in or trending in the right direction, then we're we doing something. How'd you guys do that in such a short week? Uh, come together. You know, it's about believing in one another, believing in the coaches, believing in the process. Jack, a bunch of young players, yourself included, stepped up tonight making plays all over the field. How good does it feel to be part of maybe a young foundation? Uh, this is just a start of it, man. We, we getting going. You know, we we putting our foot in the door and we're going to make some noise. Is it safe to say you guys are playing hard for AP? Is that, I mean? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's... No, I know me. I'm I'm boss to the wall. I mean, I can't speak for everybody else, but from what I'm seeing, of course, yeah, we we all out. What does he mean to you? I know he, you guys got that familiarity. Uh, he mean everything to me. Uh, uh, he damn near like a father figure, you know, just from high school all the way up until now, you know, just mentoring me through through the ups and downs, you know, uh, uh, man. He, he, he's a big piece of my life. Did you feel like you had an opportunity to kind of reward him for the team bringing you in off waivers? Oh uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean. I mean, without him, who knows where I'd be at. Yeah. yeah. You happy being here in Vegas? Yeah, great to be in Vegas, man. <laughs> when you're in the air, are you thinking about the balls behind you? You reach back, or is it all just kind of one motion kind of happens? Nah, I'm going to be honest. So when I jumped it, I like I was in my head. I was like, damn, I overran it. So like I reach back, and I'm going to get stuck. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, for real though. <laughs> so there's Jack Jones right there and uh, here talking about what was going on and, and, and the way that the defense was playing and the opportunity that he got. And you heard what he was talking about, Antonio Pierce. I thought that that was really cool. The final guy I want you to hear from here in segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, taking you inside the Raiders locker room, is Zamir White. He got his first career start filling in for Josh Jacobs, and he got in the end zone. So uh, here's that one-yard touchdown run for uh, Zamir White that capped off that first offensive drive for the Silver and Black. Inside the guard there. First and goal from the one-yard line and into the end zone for the touchdown. 
goes Jameer White. So there you go. We heard him in the preseason get a lot of burn, but we haven't seen him get a career start until Thursday and get into the end zone until Thursday. So he got a game ball. I saw it in his locker, and I had an opportunity to catch up with him. A little one-on-one action. Zamir White and myself in the Raiders locker room following the game. Here at Raiders running back, Zamir White, you get your first career start. What did that feel like? Shoot, man, good, man. Um, just finally just being out there with the guys and just being involved with them. It just job after job. It felt pretty good, man. Did you feel like you were you've been building up and preparing for this moment to be able to have that opportunity? Definitely, like just um, like just practicing and grinding and meetings and just like um, yeah, you know, like today with Josh, but we talked about it. But he was like, "Bro, you ready for it? But just go out there, do your thing." Like I see you every single day do this, bro. Like, but you can do it. So. You've always said how much JJ has helped you. Yeah, how important has he been for your development in the league? Um, JJ been there. F- shoot. Ever since I got here, bro, like, he's been, like, there with me, like, teaching me this. Um, like, bro, we go back and watch film, like, over, bro, like, learn little stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, the whole way, bro. Like, a, yeah, like, he's a yeah, great dude, man, like, for real. What does it feel like when you get the ball and you get the first carry, yeah. pick up about eight yards? Just what, what did that feel like? Did you feel like, okay, I'm yeah. here? Oh, definitely, bro. Let's do this, <laughs> man. Yeah, but let's ride. <laughs> Hey, bro, like we riding those now. horses? Feel me, bro. We here now, bro. Like, damn, do it. Right. Oh, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. So then you, you punch it in at the end of the drive. Yeah. You get into the end zone, yeah. your first career touchdown yeah. like that. What, what did that feel like? Man, just crazy, bro. Just a blessing. Like, just all the fans and the guys, like, just happy for me, bro. Because they actually see me, like, every day go hard at it. But, like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, pretty good, man. Got that game ball in the locker. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, but that, that about to get framed, man. Okay, yeah, okay, that's, sure. that's the goal, putting it, putting for it in the sure. frame? For sure, mama going to get it, though, not me. Okay, yeah. hey, what Yeah, but not nah, uh, like the trophies and stuff. I don't do all that, but let my mama keep them. I heard that. Yeah. You guys come off a tough tough loss on Sunday, yeah, but you're definitely. able to turn it around. Mm-hmm. Put up 63, 63 points. 63 points. How does that happen? Shoot, but just going back to the drawing board, but just on um, like the little things again, man. Mm-hmm. Shoot, but like just getting this stuff right and you're just going over that and just doing the right things, man. Just, yeah, but that um, brotherhood. Well, talk about brotherhood when uh, we're waiting to come inside the locker room. We see AP standing yeah. out there greeting everyone yeah. at the locker. What does that guy mean to you as the coach? Shoot, but to me, like, he's like family to me, like a real, like, family member, but because he always there for us. He checks on it. Even when he won't like the head on, like, Coach, he'll go around talking to guys and being there for him. Like, he's a yeah, real good dude, so, yeah. Final question for you. You mentioned how much J.J. means to yeah. you. How, uh, how does that Alabama and Georgia get along Man. like that? <laughs> it's crazy, but... Honestly, but we don't bring it up much. But right, we don't really right. bring it up. Bro. You got some brothers in this locker room. Right, right. <laughs> well, yes, congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you, my yes, man. So there you go. Zamir White, again, had a really good day. Uh, I thought that that was uh, quick and clutch, but him filling in for Josh Jacobs and coming up money. Uh, looked like he didn't miss a beat. It was an opportunity that he's been waiting for. And I also think it's really cool that Josh Jacobs has been coaching him up. Sometimes guys don't want to do that, knowing that they drafted a guy to literally take your place for him to be, you know, as close as he is to Zamir White. And that's what Zamir's told me since his rookie year. Since the first time I talked to him in the locker room, hey, Josh Jacobs has been here for me. He's got my back. And I just think that that's really cool that J.J., uh, you know, coached him up even before the game. And Zamir went out there and had a really good game and showed, hey, this is I can do this, too. I could do this, too. Just give me an opportunity. He's got some bursts in his legs. Obviously, he doesn't have too many carries. I mean, I think he had going into the game about 30-something career carries, and that's it. He picked up, what do you have, 17? I have it right here. Where is it? He has a 17, I believe, 17 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown on Thursday. So now he's up to, you know, about almost 50 carries in his career, but 17 of them came 
on Thursday. So again, got many more players uh, in the locker room that I'd like for you to hear from. Meek Robinson again, one-on-one. Malcolm Koontz, of course, he got a couple sacks, a couple strip sacks. We want you to hear from him. Dylan Parham, Jermaine Illuminor, Nate Hobbs. Uh, but I don't have time on today's show. But it's okay, because we'll get back to calls and texts in segment number three coming up on Monday's show. We'll get some more locker room sound. We'll have plenty of conversation. And who knows what we'll be talking about based off what happens this weekend in some of the football action. Week 15. Week 15's gotten off to a good start for the Silver and Black. They put up 63 points as they knock off the Chargers. 63 to 21. Again, I apologize for getting the show up so late today. I wanted to get it up probably a couple of hours ago, but I didn't get home to Allegiant from Allegiant Stadium for a very, very long time. I got there around 11 o'clock in the morning Pacific time, did my show from noon to three, and I was there all day long. So I apologize. Hopefully it's not too late uh, that it's getting up, but uh, man, it was worth the wait, hopefully. <laughs> right? It was a lot of fun putting it together. I'll tell you that. I'm still fired up and pumped up from the game. I think I could probably do a couple more shows, but don't tell anybody because, well, they might try to make me do a couple more shows. Better get some sleep. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll be back at it on Monday, Raider Nation. Enjoy the weekend. It'll probably be a lot easier knowing that the Raiders already got that dub under their belt. We'll be back on Monday right here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Until then, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.